Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, it's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, Shane Schillerberg. Is, if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see his little window on Damon's uh, camera. So he's back there somewhere. He's pushing the buttons. There he is. Look at him waving back there. Why uh, am I not on camera? I haven't moved. My camera's no, the no, same no, you're on camera, but I'm saying you can see Shane's little hand back there waving around. You oh. can see himself. What's up, Woodstock? I'm just welcoming Shane into the show as well, along with everything else. And also, he reminded me, I'd be remiss if I didn't say we have Scott Doctorman also coming on at 945, which uh, he was taking some heat on Twitter over the weekend in regards to <laughs> Caitlin Clark showing uh, yeah. at you know what's interesting and somebody Bank. somebody tweeted this to me yesterday and I don't I don't get that sense so I had to like go back and look but somebody tweeted to me yesterday I think I said you know we need to grab um Doctorman just because there was a couple of things that I wanted to talk about with their NIL and in recruiting and he kind of referenced Doc to like clickbait and like kind of just chasing uh, responses, and I had to think about that for a second. I'm like, gosh, that doesn't sound like the doctorman I know, right? But everybody's vantage point is different. Mm-hmm. I just got into this fantastic conversation with a good buddy of mine, and and uh, I always, he's kind of like me, and he thinks that I always judge people on how they treat me, not what other people tell me about them. And sometimes that can get you in trouble, I know, right? Because you could kind of lack objectivity. But that's typically my rule of thumb. Like, I let you prove it to me before I... And I learned that in teaching, right? Because some of the worst things I think that happen... And there's, there's and I argue about this all the time, typically in my own household. Whether it's, a good, whether it's a good idea to get case files on students when you transition. Because sometimes, yes, you do want to know what you're dealing with, but mm-hmm. I always want like kind of a blank slate. Um, so there's like this fine line. I don't want any preconceived notions because I want to meet you right where you're at. That's why I wonder, I always wonder what kind of approach coaches take. Do they go back and they do they watch film? You know, the previous staff barely watched any of the former staff. Barely watched any. Rules watch practice. Not just games, but practice. And uh, I'd the say players of the former staff. Last year. So it's you know different coaches have different have different opinions. They say, hey, you know, it wasn't my system. It wasn't my offensive sets. Hey, they run. They they ran in five out. I want to run motion. I, it's different, you know. So I, I always. Uh, but he was like, so I was going back to Doc, and I was just looking at the his Twitter account. I think it's because sometimes he'll clap back. Right, where 
But I don't know about click. I don't know about just for clicks, though, because it's not it's not really his personality, right? We've sat in the press, and he's not afraid to say good things about other teams, and maybe it's just because it's me. I don't know, but he's never struck me yeah, as you that know, type of guy. But I wonder what Iowa fans think. I was going to say I think Iowa fans love him. I don't know more times than to not, be honest. At least in the recent tweets and replies that I've seen, he's been more. Iowa centric, and he has to be right. You know, he's the at he, Iowa athletic writer for for that college football program. You know, the greatest misnomer out there right now, though, regionally with these these volatile fan bases. Where did it? Where did we come up with the fact that Iowa is? We think Iowa fans are okay with seven or eight wins every year. Do you watch Iowa fans on social media? They don't appear to be okay with just seven or eight wins. Like, where do you think that came from? Because the administration is okay with it? That doesn't mean the fan base is. Because, man, there's some vitriol and some back and forth. I'm just like, I'll tell you what, though. It could be because a lot of years they haven't needed more than seven or eight wins to win the Big Ten West. You know what? What if that's their thought process? That's interesting. Because, like, what if they're thinking – Boy, what if Nebraska would have thought that with Bo? Um, eight's enough. Like you get into the Big Ten championship game, whatever the hell it is, huh? Because you're probably not speaking that into existence. But if that's the floor for them, if the floor is that close to the ceiling, which was what what I think some critics thought Coach P's problem was. Maybe they think that's good enough to put them in contention. And, of course, you want to win 10 games. Yeah, you're right? not speaking that into existence like, hey, let's just win eight. Right. But history shows that you get to that eight with the fa- the chance to win nine. That puts you in contention. I, that's good. I mean, that's funny you say that because then I start putting some of the replies that I was hearing in their pressers all year. You know, when he was asked the question about sitting sitting quarterbacks, and he's like, well, what would what good would come out of it? Like, so maybe they're already comparing, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I wonder at what point would a school have to have that baseline for success where you're like, Wisconsin was probably in that mold. Hey, if we just do this, that's going to put us in contention. Let, let's just – not lose games more than we try to go out and win. Right. I I don't know if it's, we it's could, what coaches talk about. It's bro, but not I don't know what if you we talk could, about with your team. Yeah, because I don't know if we could embrace that. We'd have to see it play out over time. Because even when we did, we didn't really like it. We we saw what consistency looked like, but we didn't like. Then we got to the point where we didn't like penciling in losses, and even the great ones. It, shoot, even To had that problem. Ah, going to lose to Oklahoma again, huh? You're one tough non-con. You may struggle in that one too, right? And people didn't like 10 and 2. Right, Pete? People grew not to like 10 and 2. So it's like, I wonder yeah, how much. the norm? Because if you I look wonder at- how much winning would have to occur for us to not, for us to Cross over into wanting to play it safe. Say Ryan Day's team next year goes six and six. That fan base would burn that city they down. They were losing their mind last year. Right. 
but they lose their mind and they still competed six, in the playoffs. Six and six may be too extreme, right? But, okay, but if, so he, say, if he, let's say he loses three games, yeah, you lose three, ga- maybe even four games. Three games, they it, it would it would be a problem. You're burning that place down. So that's why they're I just thinking wonder, they have like, to start over. Like, what's the consistency of the base? When you get used to something, it's easy to start. Picking on the little things, right? Ooh, this—I I don't like this little thing. It hardly has any effect. Well, you think on Nebraska, our season outcome? I think Nebraska could win more than eight games enough where you wouldn't want to go back to anything less than eight. More than you'd want to try to get to ten. It's hard to say now. It's really hard to say right now. Yeah, my buddy. So I, we got—I got a guy, Kaku's on. Twitter, his for since 2013, so for 10 years, has said, I've always said, <laughs> it's easier to go from 4 to 8 than from 8 to 10. Right. <laughs> so if you operate under that premise, how much consistency would Coach Rule have to have winning 8 games before you're like, okay, all right, we're going to get our 8. We'll see where that gets us versus, man, we got to get over the hump. If in year one he gets more wins than Scott Frost ever got at Nebraska, people are going to be okay. So that's, he's just got to win five. He's just got to win five games. People would be okay with a five and seven team next year because it starts. You think? Yeah, I do. Because at the end of the day, what are you going to say? Well, it's Rule's first year, and he got more wins than Scott Frost I, ever I, did. I know what they, he would. I Matt know what Rule he would wouldn't say be if okay I with asked that. him. So, well, that's what I'm getting to. I but know the he fans would, would be okay. I with know that. he wouldn't be okay with saying five were cool, but I guarantee you, he would say, "Well, what does it look like? Yeah, wh- what were our wins? Like what how the, bad were those would, losses?" He would. He would be like, "Well, you know, DB, well, what does it look Break like? Break it down. Break it you down. Know, game so, at a time." But I think. Plus, you're dealing with a new roster. You're trying to figure out who's going to be the quarterback, which we will get to later on in the show. You know what? This may not be a this may not be a popular opinion. I'm just I'm just looking at I'm just looking at the roster. We're making some really basic assumptions that I would say, at least right now, not so fast. The wide receiving core is, I mean, we'll see how linear it is for Kemp Jr., where Washington is, and who can emerge. But in this offense, playing pitch and catch, I'm not, I'm not taking that for granted. And then the other thing is, see what happens along the D-line in the second level that plays behind it. I mean, we're fast forward into looking at the schedule. Spring, I think, is going to tell me a lot in terms of what I think we see in terms of movement and explosiveness. And practice starts on March 20th, so. Which, by the way, we need to get to tease that. He made a change already that I like. Hey, Brandon Vogel up next, though.